0: So, mates, always much to talk about with you. We want to welcome you to Souls Black Report. I'm Courtney Hicks.
1: And I'm Niko delai Happy Groundhog's Day, everybody. We are honored <laughs> to stand behind this desk each day to take you on a journey across Black America and the stories that impact our people.
0: Yeah, we're going to bring you our news, our views, and our voice topping today's headlines. It's been nearly one month since 13-year-old Karam Blake was shot and killed in Northeast D.C. That's
1: right. Police say Karan was out with two others breaking in the cars when longtime D.C. Recreation Department worker Jason Lewis opened fire. Lewis is now charged with second degree murder.
0: Fox 5 D.C. joins us with the very latest.
1: You should have never fired a shot of a boy, little kids, anybody messing with cars. But 13-year-old Karan Blake's grandfather, Sean Long, says he is relieved that D.C. government employee Jason Lewis is now charged with second-degree murder while armed. The shooting happened around 4 a.m. January 7th on Quincy Street, Northeast. According to the arrest warrant, as Lewis fired towards Blake, Blake could be heard yelling, I'm sorry, and I'm a kid.
2: This should It, it
1: should not never happen. This should never happen. You should have called the police number one. That's the first thing you should do, call the police. You don't try to take the law in your own hands because you're not Rambo, you're not Steven Seagal, you're not none of them. Just call the police and let them work it out. For some, questions remain. It's a long overdue step. D.C. Councilmember Zachary Parker released this statement Tuesday, saying we are one step closer to holding Karan's killer accountable, but adding he still wants answers about why it took weeks for Lewis to be charged. It is apparent to everyone that it shouldn't take a month um, for charges to be brought. And while you know I don't want to get in the way of an investigation, and I trust that people working as hard as they can, um, it does beg the question: what we need to do as a city to improve the closure rate of MPD? DC Police Chief Robert Conti III had this to say when asked by reporters about the length of the investigation.
0: We want it to be methodical. We want it to be uh, correct and not make any assumptions. We want it to follow the evidence. Uh, there was somewhat of a self-defense claim made that needed to be overcome. The, Mr. Lewis, in this case, was a, uh, cons- a, a licensed concealed carry permit uh, holder uh, on his property when the shooting uh, happened. And we wanted to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, Lewis is being held without bond as he awaits trial.
1: In Los Angeles, a community group and the family of a double amputee are speaking out against police after officers shot and killed him while they say he was in the middle of a mental health crisis. Now we want to warn you, this video is disturbing. On the original cell phone video, the shots that killed Anthony Lowe can be heard, but you can't see him. Officers handcuffed him on the ground moments later at a news conference, Lowe's family says he was shot in the back and shared that Lowe had just lost both of his legs. They say he was no threat to the armed officers because of it.
0: And meanwhile, the stepfather of Tyree Nichols is responding to rumors regarding his son's passing. Rodney Wells denies the accusations uh, that his son was involved with one of the officer's wives coming to his son's defense during a prayer vigil outside of the Nichols' home. Rumors have been circulating online that Tyree caught the attention of one of the officer's exes and that the traffic stop on Tyree was revenge. Although Wells says his stepson had no connection with the officer, an investigation into those claims are ongoing.
1: Former NBA star Amari Stoudemire had a misdemeanor battery charged against him dismissed this week. Stoudemire was arrested in Florida in December after an alleged incident with his daughter. The former Phoenix Suns and New York Knicks great said in a statement he was, quote, grateful for the result after an investigation. Statemeyer's attorneys said the charge was dropped after an investigation failed to prove the accusations.
0: And then when we first, you know, talked about the story, we were like, whoa, you know, we know that there's different sides to the story, but, you know, when it um, allegedly involved, you know, the the hitting, maybe that crossed the line. And so uh, it's always good uh, sometimes to follow up on stories um, that have come to some sort of conclusion or completion. So um, a good follow-up to this particular story. That was a a bit disturbing in nature.
1: Very disturbing, Mm. but, you know, a very good point that you raised, uh Courtney, you know, and a, par- a big part of this is sometimes we convict people mm-hmm. in the court of public opinion when the facts don't quite pan out. And right. so, uh, you know, it's important to note it was an accusation. Mm-hmm. There was an investigation uh, and charges, you know, were dropped. And so, Uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, still, you know, hearing about the case, hearing Mm -hmm. about the story doesn't necessarily give folks a whole lot of comfort, Yeah. you know, but uh, it doesn't appear uh, that they're moving Mm -hmm. forward with those, those allegations. And now
0: I'm hoping for healing, you know, for that family, whatever healing may, may need to take place as far as the dynamics and the relationship. So, uh, best wishes to them. Mm Let's tap now into some black history as we are in the the second day of this fabulous month. And we're looking at accomplishments uh, right here on Fox Soul's Black Report. And history is being made as Time Magazine named their first black chief marketing officer. Shade Mohammed will focus on impact market strategy and driving business growth. Now, according to time, Mohammed is the first CMO since the brand became an independent company in 2018. Muhammad studied magazine journalism at Newhouse School of Public Communications at Syracuse University. She received an honor as one of the International News Media Association's 30 under 30 for achievement in advertising. Check this out. Her career started As a part of the NBC Page program. Congratulations to her.
1: Now to a black history fact Texas' first nonprofit hospital for African American patients was built in Houston's third ward in 1926. The Houston Negro Hospital was also a workplace for black physicians. In 1961, a new wing and a new name, Riverside General, Uh, The hospital was plagued in its final years with financial and legal troubles before shutting its doors. Harris County purchased Riverside out of federal bankruptcy in 2018. Now, the new renovation plan to create a county public health care hub is expected to be completed in 2025 if funding goes as planned.
0: And as we continue with Black History Month, we also want to honor Atlanta's very first black police chief. In 1978, George Napier became Atlanta's 18th chief, leading the department uh, until 1982, before becoming the city's public safety director. Napier passed away back in 2020 from long-term health complications, and it's you know nuggets like this and and undiscovered facts like this that make uh, the month of February so special. I know, you know, there've been past conversations that talk about the significance and the importance. Do we really need you know Black History Month, saying as though you know we're black every day, (laughs) making history every day? And I think now more than ever, especially with our history being under siege, if you will, and and not being valued as it should be as american history i think february at least february 2023 black history february 2023 is is more so important uh, now more than ever
1: yeah and it's important also that we remember that you know black history is happening now Mm. and while there have been a lot of historic firsts that we celebrate like the historic first police chief of atlanta uh, that we can't rest on our laurels, right? Mm-hmm, it, it was mm-hmm. the fight was never about just becoming historic first, but it was about what do you do when you're in positions of power and influence and authority? What do you do to advance racial justice? What do you do uh, to make the lives of black folks matter in the work that you do and so I think that is the the call to action for uh, police chiefs across the country as we remember the legacy of this police chief uh, from down in Atlanta.
0: Yeah, so once you once you you earn and or gain or, or appointed the position what do you do uh, when you're in in the position is, is that next step and a lot of these stories uh, are examples. Of what to do once you are put uh, and or elected or receive these positions, so that's why I love tapping back in, tapping back into the history, uh, because a lot of times the stories are blue blueprints and outlines as to how we can now go about uh, making a difference once we once we get our. Just do, if you will. Yeah, and some are appointed p- to positions. You're right, you're right. And sometimes, power and influence.
1: And sometimes we forget, you know, there's a time to lead and to step forward, mm-hmm. and sometimes a time to step back mm-hmm. and allow the next generation uh, to take their wow. place. Uh, and speaking of stepping back, uh, Mississippi's first black female legislator says she won't seek a new term. 83 year old Democratic representative Alice Clark of Jackson announced her decision this week, just one day before candidates qualifying deadlines in the state. Now, Alice Clark won a March 1985 special election when she became the first black woman legislator and says, quotes, you can't make a difference unless you're at the table. And I'm glad we finally got to the table. The first black man to win a seat in the Mississippi Legislature in the 20th century was Robert Clark, no relation, a Democrat who was elected in 1967.
0: Police departments nationwide say there is a major shortage of officers and they all point to low pay as one of the reasons. The Daytona Beach Police Department has taken uh, action to fix this. One year ago, officers in that area were making about $43,000 a year. Today, that's up to $50,000 a year. The mayor says it's making all the difference. It's the right thing to do, but it was also a necessary thing to do. Uh, Whether you believed it was right or not, uh, it had to be done. And it appears as though Daytona uh, must be doing something right as the new incentives field 25 positions instantly.
1: All right, it's an update to a story we first brought you here on The Black Report from Washington, D.C where they have enacted a zero fare bus bill into law. That's right, Mayor Muriel Bowser declined to officially approve the bill, which eliminates the $2 fare for all city buses, adds a dozen 24-hour bus lines starting in July, and calls for a $10 million investment into other service improvements to the bus lines. But the council enacted the proposal without the mayor's signature. The move now makes Washington the largest U.S. city to have a fair, free, transit system.
0: Wow. Is it going to set the precedent? Is everybody else going to follow suit, especially now? I think it it sends a message to us, uh, the consumers, the riders, that, hey, you know, we feel you and, you know, some of these costs, if if we can uh, cut them back or um, dismiss them entirely to help you uh, with your day-to-day and to help uh, cushion, if you will, some of your bottom line, then then here you go. So my hope is that, you know, with D.C. um, setting this precedent and leading the way that other major cities, you know, like Philly, like, you know, Detroit, like Chicago, Seattle, L.A., Minneapolis, that, you know, they'll follow suit, um, because I really think It really makes a difference in the everyday um, uh, of people's lives. Yeah, and 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 costs and expenses.
1: Yeah, and and especially as people are battling with inflation, and we talk a lot about this, you Mm -hmm. know, government making a material difference in the lives of everyday people. And Mm -hmm. there are a lot of folks that take public transit. There are a lot of families from across the country uh, that go on family vacations Mm -hmm. to DC to check out the monuments and the the museums. And so, how great is it that in our nation's capital, uh, folks get to uh, ride fare free? Mm -hmm. Uh, on local transit. Uh, This is a part of a movement that's happening across the country. And so hopefully uh, folks take a look at what we're doing (laughs) back home in the nation's capital uh, and decide to to do better wherever it is uh, that they are. And this is also a really major step by the D.C. City Council. It's not Mm -hmm. often that you hear about the city council essentially overriding the mayor. Yeah. Uh, on 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 any particular issue. And so I think that, that is definitely in a, and of itself a, a, of note. Yeah. Uh, uh, and but hopefully uh, mm-hmm. uh, we see a lot more uh, of this. And, you know, look, parking tickets in D.C., I know this from experience. Well, yeah, they are high enough. Yeah. Right. Uh, and the red light cameras, you know, those are, are no well, good I, either. When I
0: lived there, I stayed out of D.C. Uh, proper because I just couldn't. I mean, you try to park somewhere and you try to do it right and honestly, and you, it's a, it would be a total fail. Like, I didn't even see that sign that said this. So, yeah, it's, it's a good look all the way around. Yeah. As yeah. much as
1: we pay for those parking tickets and those <laughs> red light cameras, we should get something for free. That's all I'm saying. Uh-oh. Coming up, it's a major meat oh. recall by one company. We'll tell you just which brands are impacted.
0: Plus, a successful surgery for one pair of black twins. We'll share their story when we return you're watching Fox Souls Black Report.
1: So mates twin sisters who were conjoined at the chest and stomach have undergone successful surgery to separate.
0: Yes, it's so good to hear doctors at Cook Children's Medical Center. That's in Fort Worth, Texas announced that 16 week old sisters, Jamie Lynn and Amy Lynn are now sleeping in separate cribs after the separation surgery. The first surgery of its kind in the hospitals 150 year history. There they are. A team of over 50 medical staff and Cook Children's, uh, Staff prepared for three months for the 11 hour surgery, which included surgeons, nurses, anesthesiologists, neonatal specialists and many more Uh, sources say only a small handful of conjoined twins survive past birth. The next steps will be to, of course, continue with recovery and then progress into normal milestones expected for babies their age. It's a great story.
1: A group of 20 Republican state attorneys general sent a joint letter to Walgreens and CVS this week warning the major pharmacy chains against mailing and distributing pills used for medication abortion. Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey led a coalition that warned the companies that they would be flouting uh, federal and state law if they dispensed the medication. Now, the letter comes just a month after the FDA said, abortion pills can be offered at retail pharmacies in the United States, a major shift in policy by the Biden administration that could dramatically expand Americans access to such medication. Now medication abortion uses two drugs in combination or alone that induce abortion. The regimen was approved by the FDA in 2000 for use in the first 10 weeks of pregnancy, and the regimen now accounts for about half of all abortions in the United States.
0: We we talked a little bit about this. upstairs, and They say you tried it, (laughs) but that won't be happening. Well,
1: I mean, this is going to be, you know, quite a showdown. Yeah, Uh, it is. You know, uh, and, you know, there are folks from the Justice Department Mm -hmm. that are uh, monitoring this closely, you know, that have interpreted certain laws that say the federal government has a right to do that. You have mm-hmm. states like Missouri uh, challenging that. And so I wouldn't be surprised if this issue makes its way to the U.S. Supreme Court.
0: You know, with as, as hot as this topic has been and then, you know, with with women wanting to and needing to and having to just be very vigilant about, uh, you know, our, our health care all, all, all the way around, in particular uh, reproductive uh, care and concerns and, and just, you know, Owning our bodies, and and now not allowing you know whatever you know argument uh, is now on the docket, not allowing that to intrude upon you know our right to to choose whatever it is we choose. So I, I find these arguments you know so very interesting. Most time they're being argued by men <laughs> or led by men, and um, you know we just have to really stay vigilant as to what they're how they're trying to continue to politic, if you will, you know our bodies. And I'm speaking as a, as a female.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's important to point out that the attorney general uh, pointed to a federal law called the Comstock Act, Mm -hmm. uh, which they say, quotes, expressly prohibits using the mail to send or receive any drug that will be used to uh, or applied for producing an abortion. Now, the Justice Department Uh, clarified in December that the act does not prohibit the mailing uh, or receipt of medication abortion pills, uh, which laid the groundwork for the FDA ruling. And so, again, I just think that uh, I wouldn't be surprised if if this case makes it all the way to the Supreme Court. And with a uh, right-leaning Supreme Court, that may not be good for advocates of women's reproductive rights.
0: Another case to uh, keep our eye on. Let's move on to the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Uh, They're moving ahead with a plan to place new limits on credit card late fees that will save consumers money and prohibit companies from charging excessive penalties. But banking groups say the proposal would result in higher costs for soulmates like you and me. Now, the proposal comes less than a year after the Bureau found that credit card companies in 2020 charged $12 billion in late fees, which have become a ballooning revenue source for lenders. Now, under the CFPB's proposed rule published Wednesday, late fees would be capped at $8. The proposal would also end the automatic inflation adjustment and cap late fees at 25 percent. Of the required minimum payment rather than the 100% that's currently permitted.
1: Speaking of credit card companies, Lil Kim, Salt and Pepper, uh, and uh, so many more will join others in a three part celeb studded panel discussion series in partnership with Femit Forward. This week, MasterCard announced it will host. She runs this, celebrating entrepreneurship in business and hip-hop, a three-day event in partnership with FEMIT Forward, honoring the genre's 50th anniversary as as part of the brand's programming during Grammy week. According to recent MasterCard research, 80% of U.S. women entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, small business owners, and content creators report having financial challenges. Recognizing the universal obstacles that entrepreneurs face, MasterCard is honoring hip-hop's 50th anniversary by helping to equip black women entrepreneurs with the financial tools, the resources, and education they need.
0: The Federal Reserve announced that it has raised its key federal funds rate by .25% as it seeks to keep putting downward pressure on economic growth in its bid to slow inflation. Reserve Chair Jerome Powell said he and other Federal Reserve officials believed, quote, a couple more hikes would likely suffice to reach a high enough interest rate at which the Fed would feel comfortable. Causing the increases. Economists say that for now, recession fears appear to be unwarranted and that if anything, there remains a risk that the reserve will have to continue its monetary tightening to prevent the economy from growing too fast again.
1: According to sources, former employees of a tech startup raised an eyebrow after Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Was quoted in an email saying they would be laid off. Jennifer Tejada, CEO of PagerDuty, felt an encouraging encouraging tone would be fitting after telling her staff she would be cutting 7% of her workforce. She wrote, quote, I'm reminded in moments like this of something Martin Luther King Jr. said, that the ultimate measure of a leader is not where they stand in the moments of comfort and convenience, but where they stand in times of challenge and controversy. Her soon to be out of work employees were not moved by the words, once stated by the civil rights leader. Sources say Tejada immediately apologized for the words used in the email, saying they were inappropriate and insensitive.
0: Nearly 53,000 pounds of ready to eat sauces products are being recalled over potential hysteria contamination that the U.S. Department of Agriculture's Food and Safety Inspection Service announced the recall sunday, which includes eight different products. The sausage products are commonly found on charcuterie boards and were shipped from Daniel International. That's in Mapleville, Rhode Island. These items were shipped to retail locations across the country between December 23rd of 2022 through January 17th of 2023 and are affected by the recall. So far, there haven't been any confirmed reports of adverse reactions or illness. That's because that was during the holiday season due to anyone eating these ready to eat sausage products, but consumers are still encouraged to toss them out immediately or return them from where they were purchased. Glad to hear again that there was no, um, you know, fallout from uh, from these uh, contaminated uh, products. And I'm just glad I got through that read because I, can, for, the, <laughs> for the life of me, I cannot pronounce I had to um, break up the word in the, in, in the prompt here. I say. coochie coochie coo boards because i could for the longest it was just he used to throw me off but they're very popular they They even have classes now and so on and so forth can we go back to the ceo for a minute can i share a story Uh i was doing because i come from radio so i was doing radio in charlotte north carolina and i did an endorsement for uh, a mattress company very popular mattress company and the exchange was that i got to pick out whatever mattress i wanted and it was about a $10,000, $15,000 $10,000, $15,000 mattress. Turns out they didn't know that I had to end up paying the taxes. So it kind of wiped out one of my whole paychecks. Mm-hmm. And I was very angry about it because they didn't lay out, you know, what what the ramifications were. And this CEO boss told me don't be bitter, be better. And there, this was like the paycheck right before the holidays, yeah. and so you know that 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 story there kind of touched me a bit of just you know being so insensitive and being so off, mm-hmm. and then how dare she 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 tried to you know delve into anything Martin Luther King Jr. would 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 say. So so yeah, that that kind of touched me a little bit. Yeah, it was it was
1: really it was, str- off. It, it was really strange, and yeah. it, it just serves as a reminder, you know, because we've heard so many stories and reported on so many stories of. Uh, folks, particularly in the tech industry, mm-hmm. uh, laying off employees by the thousands. And it's just a reminder that employees are human beings, mm-hmm. right? They have feelings, they have families, right? And so I think doing things in decency and order, doing things uh, with uh, a mind uh, that is sensitive uh, mm-hmm. to the, the fact that, you know, you're throwing people um uh, you know, for a loop whenever, you know, you're having to lay folks off Mm -hmm. Uh, or mess with
0: their money. Yeah, that's,
1: (laughs) that's important. It's
0: just the insensitivity. Of sometimes management or, or ceos or whatever the case may be and it makes you wonder well how did you get here mm-hmm. you know with you know not having that that uh, particular aspect about your yourself in yeah. in intact in
1: sometimes yeah. it feels like they're more in the numbers business they yeah, are than they are in the people business and we've been
0: talking a lot about humanity lately
1: yeah yeah we sure need more of it mm-hmm. well still ahead we're highlighting the hbcu experience especially the marching band. We
0: love the bands. Find out the historical importance they hold when we return. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. Wipe down my whole chest.
1: Welcome back soulmates. When it comes to black collegiate culture, there's
0: one thing we have to mention, and that is the marching. Yes. So whether you would like the flag girl, a majorette, a section leader or just a a complete fan, it's a it's a big vital part of black history. And our good friends at Fox five are going to bring us this story.
2: one band one sound. It's a phrase band students know very well, especially at historically black colleges and universities. But don't take it from us.
0: One band one sound um, definitely was introduced to me very quickly on day one of band camp for sure.
2: HBCU marching originated in the south for military bands and since then it's grown into one of the best marketing tools for institutions. I marched in the band all my life,
0: um, especially in high school, um, dancing in the band as well. Um, I seen them at that exhibition and it was it was no question where I was going. I knew that and I was at the time
2: 14, 15 maybe. Lakeisha and Frank Johnson marched in the International Institution of Sound at Johnson C. Smith University in North Carolina. Their experience on day one, shocking.
1: Day one of band camp was wild. <laughs> I marched in high school in a core style uh, band mm-hmm. and it was, it, was, it was great. It was, you know, I learned a lot of fundamentals and things of that nature, but the physical nature that, you know, requires, Mm -hmm. you know, to build the stamina in a Mm -hmm. show style Mm -hmm. band uh, Mm -hmm. was a little different Mm -hmm. for me. I thought I was at the first day of basketball (laughs) tryouts.
2: The feeling is similar across the board.
1: Some long nights, some hot days, some repeated run-throughs, and some weekends. Sometimes we marched on weekends, practiced on weekends. Didn't like that as much, but I like the end result. Practice does make perfect with us, and we do believe that in our program.
2: But despite those hardships, everyone marches out with the same outlook.
1: Being a part of an HBCU has brought different networking skills, being able to meet new people, being able to have so many fun and enjoy experiences along the way. I was able to co- become a member of Kappa Kappa Psi while at AT. I also was a section leader my last year, performed in a second Honda Battle of in January of 2009.
0: As a matter of fact, it was life changing. I felt like I came back and I came back home. That's how I felt. I felt like I was amongst family.
1: Life, it made me want to travel more, maybe me want to see the world, it makes me want to see other things than the South. <laughs>
2: Ali C.D. Fox 5 News.
0: Yes! And every time I see something like this, I go, doggone it. Should I have chosen an HBCU?
1: Listen, we we Gosh. we just, just got to send you on a story to an HBCU so you can get that out of your system well, because every single time you see the HBCU marching band, I it is a trip down memory because, lane
0: because I'm a, I'm a musician first and foremost uh-huh. and I'm sensitive No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> the instrumentation, the fact that, you know, a lot of them, you know, well, you're required to read music, but the the fact that a lot of them just can just listen to a score and just pick it up immediately, the natural ability and the talent the coordination I mean it's just it's just fabulous and you know there was I can't remember uh, there was something that was just national HBCU matchup that was just nationally televised not too long ago (laughs) and uh, somebody wasn't on the panel wasn't in the boardroom or something because they cut uh, to other coverage or uh, you know um, the the play-by-play or whatever Uh during halftime somebody didn't tell them that listen you know, we stay in our seats during halftime and the camera needs to stay on the field during halftime. They, they treated it kind of like just a regular old college football game where you just see the band for two seconds, mm-hmm. you know, as they go to the commercial or something. So it is just an awesome, I, I you know, I didn't attend HBCU, but I've been to a lot of the, you know, head to head competitions. I've hosted a few of those things. And amazing, amazing musicians, yeah. and amazing. Even,
1: and even for the people that haven't attended an HBCU, uh, haven't had that experience, what I love so much about Beyonce's Homecoming mm-hmm. uh, documentary on Netflix is that it gives you a taste of that experience. And I just love, 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 love that Beyonce uh, really uh, uh, incorporated uh, HBCU marching bands into that epic 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 documentary and so it's Black History Month you know if you're on Netflix you should check it out Um, but I'm also thinking about my god sister Demetria who watches us in Texas uh, who was in the marching band in high school at Pittsburgh High School Uh, that was sort of the first band person I ever met and Mm. she had that HBCU swag uh, even before I knew what HBCU swag looked like uh, in the marching band and so shout out to Demetria who's watching
0: all right and big ups to uh, folks in Dallas watching. We appreciate you.
1: That's right. That's right. Now, uh, off to the Congo, where Pope Francis started a six-day visit to Congo and South Sudan on Tuesday, hoping to bring a message of peace to two nations troubled by poverty, conflict, and a colonialist mentality that still views Africa as exploitable. Pope Francis told the government and civic leaders, quotes, may Africa be the protagonist of its own destiny. Aid groups hope his visit will bring international attention back to Africa's worst humanitarian crisis, but it also puts Pope Francis face to face with the future of the Catholic Church in Africa, which is growing. Pope Francis wants to reshape the church as a, quote, field hospital for wounded souls, where all are welcome and poor people have a special place.
0: All right, so mates, here's another one of those great follow up stories. Yale University recently held a ceremony highlighting Bobby Wilson. She's the nine year old who was reported to police by her Republican neighbor while she was catching lanternflies. You may remember that story. Now, the young researcher was celebrated for her efforts toward capturing the invasive species that was investing Uh, infesting rather Caldwell, New Jersey. The ceremony was almost was also rather a moment for the university to show its gratitude to Wilson for donating her personal collection of insects as an addition to the database at Yale's Peabody Museum, making Little Miss Bobby Wilson officially one of the museum's contributing scientists.
1: We love to see it. Mm -hmm. You know what we also love to see uh, is that after a few passion swings, this black entrepreneur launched his own business. African-American businessman Bill Powell designed the first integrated golf course catering to African-Americans called the Clearview Golf Club. Powell purchased 78 acres of land in partnership with his wife, Marcella, after his forced bank application was denied and built the course by hand, which opened in 1948 with nine holes and multiple fence posts. Powell died at the age of 93, but Larry and Renee Powell continue to run the golf course.
0: And a 60 year 67 year old black woman from D.C. celebrates graduating high school as the oldest in her class from Goodwill Excel Center. That's a tuition free adult charter high school. She says, quote, I raised the roof on where I'm going. THE SCHOOL AWARDS HIGH SCHOOL DIPLOMAS TO ADULT LEARNERS AND CONSISTS OF FIVE TERMS EACH uh, EIGHT WEEKS LONG. DESPITE THE CHALLENGES, MISS Carroll SAYS HER CLASSMATES KEPT HER MOTIVATED. SHE ALSO MENTIONED THAT HER YOUNGER uh, INDIVIDUALS RALLIED BEHIND HER AND SUPPORTED HER DURING HER RETURN TO SCHOOL AFTER A 40-YEAR HIATUS. IT'S NEVER TOO LATE TO ACCOMPLISH SOMETHING THAT YOU MAY HAVE MISSED OUT ON OR HAD BEEN OR BEEN MAYBE REROUTED FROM and regards to where our lives have a tendency to go and splinter off and and to have this uh you know circle back moment is just uh, amazing and it speaks to uh achievement it speaks to um uh tenacity and it speaks to completion you know sometimes it takes a minute but as long as you get to that completed moment you're good
1: that's right that's right it's not how you start it's how you finish That's right uh and you know Really watching the story, it made me think of uh, one of my colleagues from graduate school, Dr. Deb Gates. Well, before she was Dr. Deb, hmm. she was just Deb. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she was in her mid 50s when she uh, went back to, to graduate school. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she was one of the senior members uh, of our cohort. Uh, and uh, I'm just so proud that we had an opportunity to share that experience together. Um, I have a feeling that. Uh, her being in class probably had an effect on the level of discussion and discourse mm-hmm. uh, in, the, in those classes uh, than they might have uh, 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 had without her. And so I really uh, am glad that we saw this. And I hope that our soulmates that are watching, that are thinking about, mm, are should I go back to school or are not encouraged. go back to school? Be encouraged mm-hmm. by this story, because you're right, Courtney, it's never never too, too late. late.
0: All right, coming up uh, next, Deion Sanders is getting a little too real. I mean, how how much more real can Coach Prime get with uh, reporters? Find out what he said after the break. That's
1: right. Plus, Chad Johnson is sharing details about his savings account. We'll (laughs) tell you just how he says he kept it from the NFL. You're watching Fox Soul's Black Report. We'll be right back. Coach Prime, Coach Deion (laughs) Sanders, he took to the podium asking reporters to avoid using players' names at his first press conference.
0: Uh, So despite having 42 new players, including 23 transfers, uh, he admits he's not all that all familiar with all of their names just yet and will eventually call them by name or nickname very soon. Uh, This large new class ranks number 21 nationally, a big change from past losing seasons at that particular university. At the press conference, Sanders also discussed spring recruiting, NIL income, and why Colorado is the place to become a man, get a degree, and make it to the NFL. The transfer portal opens in May, and Sanders says he plans to recruit more players.
1: Former NFL wide receiver Chad Ochocinco Johnson shared his financial wisdom on Club Shay, Shay a podcast hosted by NFL Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp. Mm-hmm. Johnson revealed that he saved between 80 to 83 percent of his NFL salary by being mindful of his spending habits. He says he never purchased real jewelry, instead, opting for fake pieces and avoided flying private, prefer- preferring, get this, <laughs> Spirit <laughs> Airlines instead. <laughs> He also lived at the Cincinnati Bengals training facility for his first two years with the team instead of spending money on a house or condo. Johnson stated that all he needed was provided at the facility, such as a shower, a mm-hmm. cafeteria, and entertainment options. No shade to, to folks that prefer Spirit Air- Airlines. Um, you know, word on the street is that Spirit Airlines. Um, um, you know, it, it, it is a very specific travel experience. And so some people like that, some people don't. Clearly, Chad Ochocinco Johnson, he does, he likes it.
0: Yeah, well, listen, um, frugal, savvy, smart, I don't know. Um, but obviously, you know, on the other side of it all, on the other side of his career, on the on the other side of his bank account, he, he, he has saved plenty of money. <laughs> what got me is is the living in the facility. I you know, I just would want my own space separate from, you know, career and and downtime, home time, but you know, I guess it, it worked for him <laughs> for him, obviously. So Chad is um he is so entertaining. I love Chad. I really do. Yeah, he, Chad's he is keeping it real. He, he was a real. hell of an NFL player. So I you know, let him have his, his say. But that says the a lot. The way he did his thing is just the way he did his thing.
1: That says a lot to be able to save eighty to eighty three percent of your salary period. So whether you're an NFL player uh, or anybody else, you know, that is challenging to do. But I'm not
0: so sure these new, new, new age, new generation players are going to take any any notes from that. I think I think they'll just figure it out on their own. They look a lot better if they might. <laughs> okay, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame nominees have been announced, and Missy, misdemeanor Elliott, does she still call herself misdemeanor? Uh, leads the field of 14 other nominees, including. Our very own spinners are from right here and a tribe called Quest at in Detroit now to be eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. The first commercial recording of an artist or group must have been released at least 25 years ago. A panel of over a thousand artists, music industry professionals and historians will vote along with fans who can vote up until April 28th. The top five choices from uh, fans voting will be included in the final tally to determine inductees who will be announced in May and honored in a ceremony later in the fall.
1: All right, Rachel Music crowned one of my favorite artists, Kendrick Lamar, as the artist behind the highest rated album of all time. To Pimp a Butterfly overtook Radiohead's OK Computer to secure the top position on the list of best-reviewed albums in music history. The site, known for allowing listeners to rate and review acclaimed work, shared the news on social media. Kendrick's album earned an average score of 4.34 out of 5 from 58.000. Thousand three hundred and twenty-two ratings and four hundred and ninety-one reviews. While OK Computer received a four point two six rating. Listen, Kendrick Lamar is something else.
0: I know that's your fave. Uh, he's your fave, huh? He he,
1: he is. He's a voice. Uh, he's a fresh voice. He's a voice for uh, the next generation of hip hop artists. Um, I really love you know his latest album and how he really goes deep in terms mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. you know exploring not just his own trauma but how he healed from it Mm -hmm. uh and how he's uh, made sense out of it by doing the work uh, as we're all coming out of the darkest days from the pandemic Mm -hmm. it's it's a great album Uh, To listen to, and especially considering some of the conversations that we've been having, you know, right here at the desk, Mm -hmm. you know, on you know trans issues and the relationship between you know black men and women, Um, he really, really, really goes there. And so I'm not surprised that uh, he got this honor.
0: It's the road to self-discovery. They, the road to success. They happen to, you know, he's happened to do it via, you know, his music career, much like uh, Missy Elliott uh, and and the Spinners and Tribe Called Quest, who we just mentioned as nominees. For the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and you know, it, it's it's it, it just warms my heart as I, I'm very familiar with the Spinners. Uh, beginning They're from you know, um, technically speaking, uh, Royal Oak Township, which is a small uh, all-black uh, township on the on the other side of, of eight mile from Detroit, and and just to remember uh, my dad's stories as he grew up with them and they, and and how they you know came up um, and became who they still are. A friend of mine is now a member of the Spinners, and so you know when when you hear about the reflections when you hear about the stories, when you hear about what they've had to overcome, um, it just uh, warms your heart. And it really, for me, just creates um, you know, more encouragement and motivation to just keep going. The only way that a lot of times you don't reach your goals or you never get to where you want to be is if you give up and you stop. So these stories um, just, um, I think, definitely highlight that, 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 that journey, if you will.
1: Yeah. That's right.
0: Keep All right. going, y'all. And yeah, we're going to keep going. Travis Scott will bring his vision to Utah during All-Star Weekend 2023. He has partnered with Smith Entertainment Group and the Utah Jazz to create multiple events, including the Cactus Jack Concert Series, Grit Rail Jam, and Cactus Jack Pop Up Shop. The concerts will feature Don Tolliver, Sheck, West and Chase B. Can you tell? I have no idea who they are and take place at the depot. All events will take place in Salt Lake City from February 16th, a national holiday through the 19th.
1: All <laughs> You'll right. figure it out later on <laughs> in, right. in the month. And now moving on to Netflix <laughs> news. Netflix is on the hunt for a new flight attendant for one of its private jets based at the company's San Jose headquarters. The streaming platform says the salary for this position ranges from $60,000 to $385,000. And the candidate will need to be a self-starter with a professional demeanor and be able to perform the duties of a flight attendant, including cabin inspection, safety briefings, and managing the stock room the ideal candidate must be flexible to work both international and domestic flights, weekends, holidays, and have the chance to work on a Gulfstream G550 Mm. jet.
0: Weekends and holidays. Could I fit that in in between the foxes? Over- <laughs> They're <laughs> paying up to almost what four hundred thousand dollars.
1: That's a lot of money. That's uh, you know who knows there, there there could be a flight attendant on uh, that's working Spirit Airlines who who uh, you know maybe Chad Ocho Cinco you know might have you know some references or you know maybe he might have some recommendations you on folks Spirit that Airlines might be alone. interested in this position. I'm just trying to help folks out. I'm just you- trying to connect. Connect the dots.
0: Yeah, you just have to be, you know, very savvy uh, to fly on Spirit. I just flew on Spirit not too long ago because it was actually the only flight that could get me where I needed to get on time. And uh, I just had to put, you know, everything in my purse. (laughs) Everything in my purse and get on board, baby. Everything? Everything. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) that's what I'm saying look
1: Spirit Airlines is not for the faint of heart that's all I'm saying no shade shade. it was tough Was it the rough side of the mountain with your bare hands? Still ahead, Black Excellence, and and this time on Wall Street. That's right. Plus, how one black business owner is taking over a whole block in her neighborhood. We'll be right back.
0: You're watching Fox Black. Black. <laughs> like everything in my fanny pack. <laughs> that was you it. Fanny pack that your was purse. It. Nothing else. <laughs>
1: All right, soulmates, did you know about Wall Street's first black millionaire who turned his opportunity into... A
0: major fortune i didn't know either but here we go Je- jeremiah g hamilton left behind a blazing trail as wall street's first and only black millionaire by the time of his passing in 1875 hamilton earned a reputation for being the richest black man in the country by the 1830s he was well on the path to building a legacy and enterprise that could sustain generations to come through American historians, uh, though American historians have not noticed Hamilton's eminence in his lifetime, Shane White's 2015 book, Prince of Darkness, the untold story of Jeremiah G. Hamilton, Wall Street's first black millionaire, reveals a groundbreaking account about the man who, quote, defied every convention of his time.
1: That's right. Don Cheeto will serve as executive producer to bring Hamilton to life in the forthcoming HBO Max miniseries tentatively titled The Other Hamilton, based on White's book.
0: I think that's going to be good. I I did a little bit more reading, and um, there appeared to be a seedy beginning. (laughs) um uh to his uh to his to his wealth uh and then as as we sometimes do we flip it and and make it legit do uh, believe he got into uh, real estate and uh you know some payouts and and made good on that money but a very interesting background he is uh, a West Indian uh his parents are, are Haitian uh he you know there was some discrepancies as to where he you know claimed he was from I think uh, he made home in maybe Richmond Virginia as well but a very interesting story. And Don Cheadle, who is one of Hollywood's best, uh, I have no doubt is going to bring this to to the screen in in a way that's going to be just interesting and enlightening. So I'm excited about it.
1: Yeah, I'm also yeah. I'm also excited about it. I mean, and, and excited to see another project from Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. You know, he he touches he he has a, you know a, the Midas touch. He touches pretty good projects. That's right. Yeah.
0: All right. From from one millionaire to another, a popular owner of D.C.'s Spice Sweets buys the block and now owns a one million dollar strip mall for black owned businesses.
1: That's right. Washington D.C.'s Langdon neighborhood is getting its own mini strip mall full of black owned women-run businesses. Angel Gregario has purchased a $1 million property as the new location for her spice shop that uh, she's dubbed the Spice Suite. The 7,500-square-foot lot will be the home to four other black-owned salons, including hair, nails, waxing, and braiding services. The strip mall that Gregario called Black and Forth had its soft-launch ribbon-cutting ceremony.
0: Yeah, and she made her million dollar purchase in December of 2021 with the assists of D.C. government dollars. The investment is an expansion of Mayor Muriel Bowser's uh, and her administration's mission to increase the share of my own minority owned businesses uh, to 33 percent by 20. 20- 28 what a great initiative and obviously it is uh paying off and uh just a a great feat for this young lady
1: yeah and very similar to the story that we reported on yesterday Mm -hmm. where the mayor of detroit was investing in uh in people uh, investing in detroiters it's good to see uh... Mayor Mira bowser in dc also investing in the residents of dc mm-hmm. uh... you know a lot of these these cities have leftover dollars from mm-hmm. the american rescue uh... uh plan and uh, they
0: have to be used they have to be used right. and
1: you know yes while we should be investing in infrastructure uh, we should also be investing in people. And so these are all great examples of local leaders doing exactly that.
0: All right, another money story here. With only $1,500 in cash, Janice bryant Howroyd became the first black woman to own a billionaire, a billion dollar company. bryant Howroyd is an entrepreneur, businesswoman, author, founder, and chief executive officer of the Actone Group, the largest privately held minority woman-owned personnel company in the US. She is the first black woman to build and own a billion dollar company and says that self confidence willingness uh, to take risks and faith are among the traits that her uh, that have served her in her career. Bryant Howroyd has become one of the industry's top executives and a huge inspiration for many black entrepreneurs. Her parents and the late uh, Madam CJ Walker have been major figures. Uh, and a big role model for her as a businesswoman of color. She uh, also talks about her business and life lessons in her book, *The Art of Work*: How to Make Your Work Work for You. And you're very familiar with her her track, huh?
1: I am. I am. I've, I've seen uh, Miss Janice uh, at a number of events, particularly in the nation's capital. Mm-hmm. And you know, she is very uh, well respected. Uh, she is a trailblazer. Um, I mean, think about how many black billionaires we report on, mm-hmm. um, how many more black billionaires mm-hmm. we've been reporting on right here from this desk. Mm-hmm. Uh, people like Rihanna, uh, among so many others. Well, their stories wouldn't have been possible without trailblazers like Miss Janice. That's and so
0: right. Bob Johnson, BT.
1: Right, right, right. And so, you know, this is, it's, it's great to see, um, you know, this sort of black excellence because mm-hmm. black excellence begets black excellence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in our communities, oftentimes, seeing it helps us to believe it and mm-hmm. so hopefully to all of our soulmates that are watching I'm um, seeing Miss Janice's story and the stories of so many other folks that are de- powerful demonstrations of black excellence and black joy hopefully that inspires you not just during this black history month But uh, every single day, because every day is uh, black history happening right now here on Fox. And speaking
0: of our soulmates in Texas, they are experiencing a deep Arctic freeze. It has taken the lives. It has made uh, travel and and just everyday living very complicated. So we want to send our thoughts and our prayers out to those, especially our soulmates watching in Dallas.
1: That's right. Absolutely. Stay safe
0: and stay warm. I'm Courtney Hicks and
1: I'm the Cortez. Until next time, soulmates, stay stay lifted. lifted.